know about us and the Holy Spirit, that there are times where we feel full of God's presence in our lives. And there are a number of reasons for that. We're going to talk about that this morning in the text. But we also know that it doesn't take a whole lot of pressure for us to feel flat again. And so uh, the whole idea of extra presence, the presence that comes after Christmas, the unanticipated presence, they almost feel sweeter than the presence on Christmas Day because we're not inundated. And that's kind of the idea I want to talk about this morning, is that how do we, it's Christmas time, we've been spending time with friends and family, we've had time off of work, we've been surprised by the kindness of our friends and family and that they've given us gifts and a faith of goods. Uh, how do we stay full of the presence of the season? How do we stay full of the spirit of the season, specifically as we go into a new year, knowing that it's easy, that we leak, uh, that, that it's hard sometimes to feel as connected to the Lord as we do through these holiday times. How do we maintain his presence throughout the year? The text that I'm speaking from this morning is found in Luke chapter 2. Here's the context. Luke chapter 2 is one of the most famous passages in the Bible because Luke tells the story of the nativity. And the whole uh, nativity story from Luke's perspective is infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. Then there's this interlude found in verses 21 through 24, where the Holy Family, Joseph and Mary, decide to do for Jesus what the law required. He was circumcised, and he was uh, going, and prepared to be brought to the temple to be presented to the people of the Lord. Now, we don't know what Joseph and, and Mary's mindset was, but here's what we do know about them. They both received an angelic visit telling them that they were going to have a special baby. And when the baby was born, the angels came and reminded them via the visit of the shepherds. And so no pressure, Mom and Dad, but you just gave birth to a child that was immaculately conceived and announced by angels on at least three, if not four different occasions. What do you do with that child? And it's your first one. Uh, so no pressure, but this is a, a special child. And so maybe they thought, well, by all means, we need to make sure that we do all that the law requires because this child is so special. Or perhaps they were thinking, if ever there was a child that didn't need to be dedicated before the Lord in the temple, it's the one that he announced four times from angels visiting. Like God already knows about this child. He's the one that told you about this child. We don't know what Joseph and Mary's mindset was when they went about their obedience, which is what they were doing. They were being as obedient as they could be to the expectations of the time. And so that's where Luke chapter 2, where we pick up our text. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Then it goes on to say more about the laws that they obeyed. And then they prepared to bring Jesus to the temple. And, and the text continues in verse... So Joseph and Mary made a great decision. They, they had this very special child. It was a very special season in their life, like the one that we've just been celebrating. It's very special. And now they're going about what is required of them, what the, what the law dictates that they should do. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Luke is going to mention the Holy Spirit two more times in the next two verses. When the Bible repeats itself three times in three verses, you have a theme, right? The theme is the power of the Holy Spirit at the dedication of the baby, Jesus. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27 of chapter 2, 
guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple complex. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up, Jesus, in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your slave in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. The text goes on to say that his father and mother were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. We know that because of Simeon's prophetic utterances and the profound presence of the Holy Spirit in the temple that day, he got Anna all whooped up. If you continue reading in chapter 2 of Luke, you'll be introduced to a new character called Anna the prophetess, whose husband died shortly after they were married, and she lived as a widow in the temple complex her entire life. She's now an old lady, and she starts prophesying about how special and holy this child was going to be. What we have here, recorded in Luke chapter 2, between Simeon and Anna, is what I like to summarize as a Holy Spirit hijack. Whatever Joseph and Mary were thinking about going to the temple that day, whether it was, oh dear God, we need to bring this child into the temple because they told us what to name him and the angels have visited us numerous times, so we better get him in the temple as fast as we can, or if ever there was a child that didn't need more God's presence in his life, it was this one. Whatever their mindset was, they were hijacked by the Holy Spirit in the process of just being obedient, of serving to the best that they knew how. We have a child. It's customary that our child would be circumcised. It's customary that our child would be presented before the people of God and that a blessing would be prayed over our child's life. They had no idea that they were going to be met by Simeon and Anna. And what it felt like to Joseph and Mary was that the Holy Spirit was speaking directly to them. They, they had no intention of hearing another word from the Lord. Again, if there was ever a couple that could say, check that box, we've heard directly from God. Like, how many times in our lives can we say, we feel that we have heard directly from God, and if we're fortunate enough to feel that way, do you actually expect to feel that way again? Don't you kind of feel like, God made himself clear to me, I'm so grateful for that experience, but I'm not going to presume to ever hear from the Lord like that again. And yet, here we have Joseph and Mary going about serving the Lord obediently, according to the law, and they were hijacked by the Holy Spirit. You can guarantee that when they left the temple that day, sure, they felt like they had this interaction with Simeon and Anna, the two actual people that the Holy Spirit used. But what it felt like was that God was speaking directly into their lives. It was like their hearts were full again. This child is special. This child is holy. He is going to be special not just for his own people, the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit hijacked in the process of just faithfully serving and being obedient according to their understanding of the law. So wrapping up our time together this morning, the bottom line is we all love love. We all love feeling connected to the Lord. We all love feeling that God's presence is active in our life. And we're all aware that the normal pressures of life, it, it, it seems like it doesn't take much before we're kind of flattened out again and we're questioning whether or not the Holy Spirit is present and active in our life. How do we experience more of the Holy Spirit's presence in 2019? How do we not just maintain the presence that we felt through our holiday services and our times with family, but when Jan
because we all love those unanticipated moments where the Holy Spirit just feels so present. And what I'd like to humbly submit to us this morning is we know that that can happen through our times of personal prayer and devotion and journaling. But what I'd like to take a, a cue for from us this morning by way of conclusion is to follow Joseph and Mary's example, which was to simply do what the law required, to simply be found obedient to an understandable objective, to something that didn't surprise them or their culture at all. That they were serving to the best of their ability is, is my application, is my point, is my big idea this morning. That what happens when we just commit ourselves to serve according to the law, the law of setting stuff up and tearing it down, the law of, oh dear God, Pastor Josh cannot do a children's sermon 50 more times, it would kill him dead. The law of somebody has to make the coffee. The law of the trailer does not appear magical. It, it, it's actually hauled here by a truck. No reindeer are involved. It's guys and girls. It's, we all know that certain things need to happen to make our times together, that we need small group leaders, that we need host homes, that we have opportunities to serve our community. None of this is surprising. None of this is unanticipated. None of this is a new revelation. But what I'm saying is connect that regular service here at River Church with this idea that it can turn into a Holy Spirit hijack. Here's how. In the process of serving our church, I know it's been my experience and the experience of many others, you find your people. You, you find the people that you actually call and talk to during the week when you're needing an encouragement or you need prayer for a loved one or just because you like hanging out together. In the process of serving, you find your people. You find your Simeons and your Annas. You find your people that after you've talked to them, you realize later on that it was actually the voice of the Lord talking to you. That someone that knows you, that you serve with, was able to speak into your life in a way that no sermon has recently. You found your people. You found your Simeons and your Annas, the ones that make you feel like you actually heard from the Lord. The reverse is true as well, that when we faithfully serve in a local church, we are the ones who become Holy Spirit hijackers. In the process of doing the simple things that we all know needs to be done, somebody feels welcome. Somebody feels encouraged. Somebody has their needs met. A child comes home and says something like this, and it's magical. Listen to what I learned in church today. As a mom and a dad, like, is that what it's really about? And we have those opportunities week by week by week that we become, not only do we find our people, where we have these experiences where we feel like Simeon and Anna just dropped a truth bomb on our lives, but we also become part of the team that just Holy Spirit hijacks somebody else, that we help train up a child in the way that they should go. We help someone feel comfortable in church through coffee or hot chocolate or the way that the room was set up. If you continue through Luke chapter 2, which is such a powerful chapter, it, it, it begins with angels flying all over the place, talking to anyone who would stop to listen to them. It's out of control. In the middle of the chapter, we have this three-peak of the Holy Spirit's presence at the dedication of the baby Jesus, the Holy Spirit hijacked. How do we have the Holy Spirit hijacked? When we involve ourselves by serving regularly and obediently, like we see Joseph and Mary doing in this passage. Here's where Luke chapter 2 ends up. Jesus is a boy, and 
the text is about his time traveling to God's house. And as you read through the text, it ends with him saying to Joseph and Mary, didn't you know that they lost him, right? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Luke chapter 2 is the story of how God's house, God's people, became my father's house and my people for the boy Jesus. It's a powerful idea. And when we find our people and when we are part of a few Holy Spirit hijacks ourselves, through the simple, regular, obedient service to our local church, it, it, it's funny how our church becomes my church and, and our people becomes my people. And it's amazing how we are refueled throughout the year through the power of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes, through our devotions. Yes, through our personal prayer. But also through our faithful and obedient service in ways that we all know. The Lord has probably already put a thought into your mind about how you could be serving in our church if you aren't already. That's what I'm looking for. There's a people for you. There are hijacks for you. And there's this beautiful change in prepositions and pronouns coming your way where our church becomes my church and our people become my people. So that's my thought for this morning. Next week, we'll be celebrating communion together in a new place. We look forward to seeing you there. Tell your friends how to find it. Uh, we are, by proudly, the hardest church to find in Eastern Connecticut. If you don't tell somebody about it, they probably won't know. So feel free to get the word out there. I'm going to ask the Lord for a blessing on the rest of our time together today. If you've never had an experience with the Holy Spirit, if you've never had a moment where you felt connected to the Lord, it's a simple prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I have never had a Luke chapter. I've never had anything close to an angelic pronunciation. I've never been involved in a local church. I've never felt close to you. I've never really read the Bible for myself. And the few times I did, it just—it wasn't magical. But after hearing the message this morning and thinking about it, I understand that I've never committed myself to you. And so, this morning I'd like to make a decision to turn from the things that I know cause me to leak your presence in my life. The not do those things anymore. I'm going to call them what they are, their sin. And I'm going to go the other way. And by faith, I want to say I place my faith in that baby Jesus, knowing that he is now King Jesus, and I want to serve him obediently. In Jesus' name, amen. That's, that's a powerful prayer. That's a life-changing prayer. That's a prayer that changes everything. That's a prayer that opens up our lives to the power and the influence of not just the Holy Spirit, but also his people and his church, which our church, my people, my church. So let me pray for us this morning, and we'll wrap up our time together, and we're going to make sure that this firehouse is all clean and shiny, and uh, we'll see you next week in the cafeteria. Would you join me as I pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to reflect on Christmas and the power of extra presence. Father, we pray that through our own personal times with you, as we can take them to it throughout the week, but this morning, most importantly, our times with you as we join a team, that we would find our people, that we would get to see your Holy Spirit hijack someone as a result of our faithful, regular service, that you would
change the feeling of this being our church and our people to, to, to my church, to my people, understanding that as we make these transitions, 